The Memphis Grizzlies are truly showing that they are in the holiday spirit as they have now won their seventh of eight games without John Morant. A 126-91 victory, another blowout victory, and the Grizzlies' recipe for success, the method to their madness, is starting to become clear. On a historic night for Dylan Brooks personally, on a historic night for the Memphis Grizzlies as a franchise, and why the Grizzlies bench is helping the Grizzlies get wins now that are really going to pay off for them as they enter a tough part of their schedule over the next week, six weeks. All that and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome once again to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. The show at Locked On Grizz. You can find the podcast wherever it's available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Wherever you choose to listen to your podcast, that's where we will be. Make sure you review, subscribe, listen to the show, enjoy it. My name's Sean Coleman, credentialed media member with the Grizzlies. Have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Right for him, about him over at Grizzly Bear Blues. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every day. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Let's others know that you enjoy the show. Let's us know you enjoy the show. Helps others find the show and just makes the overall experience as good as it can be for everybody. Also want to remind you to make Truebill.com something that you certainly look into. Are you tired of those free ads, especially around Christmas time, that you want to check out but you don't want to have to pay for, but yet they become hidden costs that you have to pay for? Truebill is a great, great way for you to be able to manage that. It keeps those free ad, free trials from turning into unwanted subscriptions, and it's a great way for you to manage your subscriptions overall. Check out Truebill.com today. So a couple of things really stood out about the Grizzlies' victory tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers because of, you know, trends that are starting to, you know, be kind of unique when it comes to the Grizzlies, but also really, really awesome, to be honest with you. For one, this is the third or fourth game in the road where the Grizzlies have had to juggle the statuses of players unexpectedly. You know, we've seen it with Dylan Brooks due to the COVID protocols. We've seen it with Jaron Jackson Jr. due to soreness. And tonight we saw it with Desmond Bain. You know, this is the third or fourth night in a row where within hours of the game starting, the Grizzlies have had to manage the status of a player on an injury report. Now, overall, it's been positive. Like, for instance, last night, you know, despite the fact that, you know, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Stephen Adams all were questionable, Going into the game, all three players played. You know, it seemed like, for instance, Stephen Adams' injury from this past um, Saturday, it looked better than expected. And Jaron and Desmond's soreness seemed to not be any big issues at all. So the Grizzlies were able to be more at full strength than they thought they were going to be, while the Philadelphia 76ers unexpectedly were without Joel Embiid. He was announced as a starter, but... Come game time, he actually did not play due to rib soreness. So the Grizzlies, once again, and again, I think it's relevant. The Grizzlies are certainly having luck missing out on some of their opponents' best talents, but I don't think in any way, shape, or form that should take away just how special the Grizzlies have been in terms of their ability to get wins over the past month or so with, or excuse me, over the past few weeks without John Morant. But while that is a unique trend that the Grizzlies have had to juggle over the past, you know, week or so, another really fun trend to see is that we are clearly starting to see how the Grizzlies are being successful, their recipe for success. And it kind of is in three layers. One, 
of the trio of Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and Dylan Brooks. On any given game night, two of those three players stepping up to combine for 40 to 50 points, whether it's Desmond and Jaron, Jaron and Dylan, Dylan and Desmond, whoever it may be, getting 40 to 50 combined points. For instance, 26 points from Dylan last night, 22 from Jaron, 48 combined points. That is such a huge basis for this Grizzlies offense, especially without the engine of their offense in John Morant. So that's step one to the Grizzlies getting a victory. Step two, as I mentioned yesterday, is the Grizzlies playing like a top five defense. The Grizzlies made a bit of history last night. I'll cover that in just a moment. But the Grizzlies not only playing like a top five defense, but along with two of the three of Desmond, Jaron, and Dylan stepping up to combine 40 or 50 points, the Grizzlies using their defense as a catalyst for their offense to remain productive offensively. That is step two. But then step three is the bench stepping up. And this is a bench that's missing some of its best talents because those talents have had to step into the starting lineup at times to support the starting lineup when players have been out. You're also seeing them without Brandon Clark, Zaire Williams, some regular bench contributors. You're seeing other players have to step up in bigger roles. But yet this bench not only is being productive, but in the unique way of being a unit that has been consistently productive on both ends of the court. That is what's making the difference. So not only are you getting the Grizzlies starting lineup on a night-in, night-out basis doing better than their opponent's starting lineup, but you're having this bench either match the production of other bench units or do better than them. And that's how the Grizzlies are not only getting victories, but in a lot of, but consistently are being able to blow out other teams because they're starting the lineup, the Grizzlies starting lineup due to its defense and the consistency of Dylan, Desmond, and Jaron, they're beating the opponent's starting lineups while the Grizzlies' bench is also remaining a positive as well. But last night, Jaron Jackson Jr. stood out once again, both on the defensive end, multiple blocks, as well as on the offensive end. But a key thing about his performance last night, if you want an example of how Jaron is different now than he was even a month ago, is last night. One of six from three, but overall, eight of 17 on the night. He was 7 of 11 on two-point shots because of his ability, once again, to show how much he's improved as a, as a self-creator, show much how much smarter he is at getting his own shot, knowing when to take his shot. Last night was a perfect example. Last night, if this would have been in the first 10 games of the season, Jaron Jackson Jr. probably would have been, what, 4 of 14? Probably would have been a bit of a non-factor on offense. But because of the fact that he has found his groove when it comes to getting into the rim. He's found his offensive balance. You see a night where he struggles from three, not turn into a disappointing offensive night because of how productive he is inside the arc. But the story of the night on offense was Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks last night looked like the Dylan Brooks that we saw in the playoffs. Again, I don't think any of us really ever expected for the Dylan Brooks that we saw in the playoffs against the Utah Jazz to be who Dylan Brooks would be consistently on offense going forward. If that was the case, you'd be talking about Dylan Brooks potentially being an all-star or playing at an all-star level this year. But last night, 60% from the field, 26 points. Only the second time that Dylan Brooks had has had 25 points in back-to-back -back games in his career. And it's been at a time where it's been needed. With how shorthanded the Grizzlies were this past Saturday night against the Rockets, it made all the difference in the world. And then last night, with Tyrese Maxey, who's an outstanding talent, having a great year for the 76ers, Dylan matched him point for point to negate the impact that Tyrese Maxey had, and then the rest of the Grizzlies roster significantly outperformed the rest of the 76ers roster. So Dylan stepping up 
and being a source of scoring like he has over the past two games, it could not have come at a better time. And he also has established himself a new peak when it comes to scoring in his career. But beyond the offense and beyond how well Dylan played, beyond Jaron Jackson Jr. being back in the lineup and Ho-Hum continuing how well he has played, the Grizzlies set a new franchise record for consecutive games with 10 or more steals. They now have had eight straight games, all without John Morant, in which they've had 10 or more steals in each game. And I want to point out that it's not just obviously that it's been rare in Grizzlies franchise history that this has occurred, but the Grizzlies are the only team since over the past five years that have had two stretches in which they've had seven or more games now with 10 plus steals. Plus, since the year 2000, this is only the eighth time in the NBA that a team in general has had eight or more games of 10 plus steals. What the Grizzlies are doing is not just, you know, hey, them playing good defense or, you know, hey, them, you know, playing to their strengths. This is, they're doing something rare. You do not see NBA teams regularly have this much success, number one, forcing turnovers, but also having those turnovers lead to points like the Grizzlies are doing right now. And it's making all the difference in the world. So not only does Dylan set a bit of personal history, but the Grizzlies set a new franchise mark, and every bit of it has been needed. This just goes to show how every bit of both on an individual level and on a team level, every bit of the effort that the Grizzlies are putting forth is needed for them to be able to win at the rate that they are without John Morant. But the fact that they're doing it game in and game out shows that it's becoming the norm, shows that this Grizzlies roster, this Grizzlies franchise is stabilizing into the sustainable winner we all hoped they can show the capability of doing this year, and it's doing it right before our eyes. But while many individual players certainly have stood out, Desmond, Dylan, Jaron, Tyus, Stephen Adams, what have you, one player also, kind of quietly, has really helped out the Grizzlies, especially off the bench, continue their consistency and success. His name's DeAnthony Melton, and he definitely has found his groove once again when it comes to September or December. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, do want to certainly talk about Truebill, because Truebill is a great option for, for anyone who wants the ability to be able to use an option that can allow for you to manage your free trials. Listen, we all run into situations where when it comes to, um, you know, especially around the holiday season, we run into ads, we run into promotions that we want to try out. We want the ability to be able to try out these free ads because we want to get an idea of what a product is, but we don't want them to run into subscriptions or run into hidden costs. Well, that a lot of times is what happens with those uh, free ads. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need one or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because company makes subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Another really cool opportunity, another really cool entity that I want to tell you about is Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic 
alongside some of the of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. And the great thing about it is, is that there are so many designs that you could choose from when it comes to stance, but also how comfortable a fabric that it is. It truly is a great combination of both style and comfort. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with Stance. Again, I want to remind you that Locked on Grizzlies, hopefully as always, your first listen of the day. And if it is, thank you so much for making that the case. If you're a new listener, welcome. Hello. If you're a loyal listener who's been along for the ride for a while, thank you so much for your support. But after making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day, check out the Locked on NBA podcast as your second listen of the day. Listen, we're going to talk about it this week, the December 15th deadline of when eligible of when more players in the NBA can be eligible for trades. That's coming up. How could it impact the Grizzlies? How could it impact the NBA? Check out the Locked On NBA podcast free where you get your podcast and also here on YouTube as well. So DeAnthony Melton is certainly someone that coming into this season, he was one of the bigger storylines when it came to what impact he could have on the Grizzlies and an impact in a more featured role when it came to Grayson Allen being traded to Milwaukee and both him and Desmond Bain going into more feature roles. And then and clearly... D'Anthony Melton, coming off the year that he had in the 2020-2021 season, he had earned every bit. There had been every reason for D'Anthony Melton to get a bigger role. And starting off this season, it certainly seemed like that D'Anthony Melton was going to succeed in that role. Starting next to Desmond Bain, without Dylan Brooks being in the lineup, Desmond and D'Anthony did a great job of playing off each other and being able to produce in a positive light. But as time went on, Dylan came back. Desmond Bain, he he obviously took off. There is clear reason as to why Desmond Bain should be in the most improved conversation when it comes to the, the NBA. But DeAnthony Melton, he fell off a bit. For instance, in the month of November, DeAnthony Melton shot 35.9% from the field, 29.6% from three, a 45.6 true shooting percentage. Overall, he certainly ran into a bit of a slump, especially as he ran into more minutes starting, you know, just ran into some offensive struggles. Both he and Desmond Bain both ran into a bit of struggles early in November. But DeAnthony Melton has certainly picked it back up in six games in the month of December. He now is shooting 48% from the field. He's shooting 35 point, or coming into tonight, shooting 48% from the field, 35.5% from three, with a true shooting percentage of 58 0.6%. And tonight, for instance, he made all the difference in the world once again. 15 points, four assists, and two of six from three on the evening. So the thing about DeAnthony Melton is this, is that we all know the impact that DeAnthony Melton makes. This calendar year, we've seen that elevate a bit more with him turning into a true two-way impact. Last year, his overall ability in terms of creating his own shot from three, finding his shot from three, being able to create his own shot off the dribble, his ball handling, shot creation, overall offensive prowess certainly improved. This year has proven, and in the second half of last year, towards the probably first two-thirds of last year, you don't know if DeAnthony Melton's going to be a consistent 40% plus 40% shooter from three over a long stretch of the season. Last year may have just simply been a bit of a fluke, a bit of an outlier, 
But once again, he's now shooting right around 35% from three. So DeAnthony Melton is a 35 to 38% three-point shooter is certainly something that seems to be sustainable. But the thing is, is that if you add that to what he is as a defender, again, showing unbelievable prowess in terms of creating turnovers, showing that he could be an above-average rebounder uh, on the perimeter, showing that he could be, as a guard, a very good production of blocks. The all-around game of DeAnthony Melton may not be what it was in the first, you know, two-thirds of last year. He may have fallen off a bit, but this December does reveal something about DeAnthony Melton. It once again, in my opinion, proves that his ultimate usage, the ultimate role for DeAnthony Melton is a very versatile option off the bench. And the reason why that is, is because I just simply think that DeAnthony Melton, kind of like Brandon Clark, I feel like while they certainly are very skilled players and can be two-way difference makers at times, you're likely going to see them create far more of an advantage against second units, units or off the bench then you would be them as consistent starters. You always want to get the most out of your players. You always want to test your players to see if they can continue to remain as productive as they have been in smaller roles, in bigger roles, and against better talent. And the thing is, is that Brandon Clark and DeAnthony Melton certainly have shown that they can be productive at times against opponents' teams, against the opposing teams, best talents. But I truly feel that what we've seen since Thanksgiving with the Anthony Melton getting back on track when it comes to his offensive game to support his defensive impact, I feel like that we're seeing the sixth man of the year level type play of DeAnthony Melton. I talked about it all offseason. I talked about it how I felt that the Grizzlies truly could have a surprise candidate for sixth man of the year. And we've seen it stretches. It's been Brandon Clark potentially playing at that level. Maybe not sixth man of the year, but being highly productive before he unfortunately ran into an injury. We've seen Kyle Anderson over the past two games. And there was a stretch in early November where he was playing really well. But at the end of the day, I know that everyone wants for DeAnthony Melton to have as big a role as possible with how productive he is on a permanent production, how much of a difference he makes. But with the emergence of Desmond Bain, with the two-way production of Dylan Brooks, how important Dylan Brooks is to the defense, and obviously John Moran, you just don't have starting positions available for DeAnthony Melton. He's not going to start over Jaw, Desmond, or Dylan anytime soon. That's just the truth. All three of those players are playing at a higher level consistently than DeAnthony Melton. That's nothing negative against Melton. It's just true. And they're doing it against better talents, which is fine. You want that development to be there if you're with the Grizzlies, Grizzlies fan, what have you. You want Jaw, Desmond, and Dylan to be as successful as possible in starting lineup roles because that means that they're being difference makers against the opposing team's best talents. Just because that may not be the same truth about DeAnthony Melton on a consistent basis as it is Jaw, Desmond, and Dylan, that doesn't mean that DeAnthony Melton cannot be advantageous. As a matter of fact, if you've got Jaw, Desmond, and Dylan being advantages in the starting lineup, that just frees up DeAnthony Melton to be an, one of the best bench advantages in the league when you compare him to the rest of the NBA. And he's showing that in the month of December. So we're once again seeing DeAnthony Melton 
start to make the impact, start to pick up his production, the DeAnthony Melton that we saw last year that so many clamored for having a bigger, more featured role. And in time, he's going to have that some nights and he's not going to have that some nights. But the key for DeAnthony Melton is finding the role where he can consistently create advantages through how productive he can be on both ends of the court. And I clearly think that we are seeing that the best role for him to do that is as that sixth man off the bench. Because right now, I don't think he's going to win the sixth man of the year award, but right now, DeAnthony Melton, with his numbers in the month of December, he's playing at a level that if he put it out over a full season, if he put a full season together of these type of numbers, he would be in that six man of the year conversation. So though he's not going to do it over a full season, who cares? He's doing it right now. And he should continue to do it once the Grizzlies get some of their better talents like Jaw, Brandon, and others back. DeAnthony Melton will still be in that supporting role as the sixth or seventh man off the bench. And if he can continue this production, it'll allow for the Grizzlies bench, especially with Tyus coming back to it, it will allow for this Grizzlies bench to remain an advantage overall. And that, with DeAnthony Melton's play and the impact that it will have on the bench overall as an overall unit, that could be one of the biggest contributing factors to the Grizzlies maintaining the success that they're seeing right now once they get John Morant and others back. But a big thing above all, overall, when it comes to seven out of eight victories, the overall play of DeAnthony Melton and others off the bench is the fact that Desmond Dillon and Jaron, two of those three delivering on a nightly basis, 40 to 50 points, the defense playing like a top five unit and the Grizzlies bench performing like one of the better units or at least a unit that could produce positive results no matter who they're playing on a nightly basis. Those three steps to victory are becoming consistent for the Grizzlies. And that's a big development as the Grizzlies are now going to run into a very tough part of their schedule during the holiday season. And as we get into the new year, we'll discuss that in just a moment. So it's obvious, as I had mentioned, with DeAnthony Melton's play in the month of December, he's been a clear boost to the Grizzlies' overall performance. Well, let's talk about boost itself. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You should switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes all on one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or on all, or on all phones or networks. See Boost.com, BoostMobile.com for details. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, I'm going to discuss how once again, yes, we know that Desmond Bain has been absolutely wonderful so far this year. But Killian Tilly and Xavier Tillman are starting to once again show their skill as players. How the Grizzlies overall having, in my opinion, the best 2020 draft class in the NBA a year later in a draft that certainly has exceeded expectations. How the success the Grizzlies had on that draft night is not only benefiting them on the court now, but also could benefit them in terms of off-the-court decisions when it comes to potential trades and other moves in the near future. That, and also previewing the game against the Portland Trailblazers on tomorrow's edition of the Lockdown Grizzlies podcast. And that's where I want to shift the focus. Because the Grizzlies now are standing at 17 and 11. And they clearly are in a good position when it comes to that fourth spot in the West. While the Grizzlies right now have a one-and-a-half game lead, 
on the Los Angeles Clippers when it comes to the four spot in the West. To me, even more important is the fact that the Grizzlies have a two and a half game lead on being in the top six of the Western Conference, as well as a two and a half game lead in the Southwest Division. But it clearly has benefited the Grizzlies with how well they have played without John Morant, with the fact that they've won seven out of eight games. And again, we're seeing the Grizzlies be consistent with how they are winning their games. Well, over the next 10 days, the Grizzlies, I feel, are going to have to continue trying to get as many wins as possible because beyond that, their schedule becomes extremely tough. And here's what I mean by that. Obviously, on Wednesday, the Grizzlies will be going out west to start a two-game swing. On Wednesday, they'll be playing the Portland Trailblazers. After that, they'll be playing the Sacramento Kings. And then on Sunday, December the 19th, the Grizzlies will come back to the FedEx Forum and they'll play the Portland Trailblazers and then the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you've got three games over the next week, the Trailblazers twice, the Kings and the Thunder, where you have to feel that the Grizzlies right now, when you look at those three teams, the Grizzlies will be playing a total of four times. You have to feel confident the Grizzlies are the team right now that is playing the best among those opponents over the next four games. So the Grizzlies being able to win three out of those next four games would put them at a record of 20 and 12. And that would be huge a third of the way through the season and allowing for the Grizzlies to have some breathing room in terms of being above a playing spot in the playoffs. And here's the reason why that is so important. Because if by next Monday, the Grizzlies can be 20 and 12, even 19 and 13. That is going to be a very good position to operate from because for the rest of the year, as we get through the Christmas holiday going into the new year, the Grizzlies will play the Warriors, they'll play the Kings once again, but then the Suns, the Lakers, the Spurs, but following that, the Nets and the Cavaliers. So over the next four games, the Grizzlies play the Trailblazers twice, the Sacramento Kings and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Three teams over the next four games that you have to feel are either at the Grizzlies level of talent right now or below them. But after that four-game stretch, the next seven games include the Warriors, the Suns, the Lakers, the Cavaliers, and the Nets. Five teams right now in that seven-game stretch that arguably are among the 10 best, or you know, arguably not necessarily the 10 best teams in the NBA, but clearly are at the Grizzlies talent level or above. And then that is to end December. We're not even talking about to end January. We're over in a certain stretch of games. The Grizzlies will be playing the Mavericks, the Bulls, the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Mavericks again, the Jazz once again, the Wizards, and the 76ers. That's to end the month of January. So over the next six weeks through the end of January, the Grizzlies have a couple of two-week stretches where they're going to be playing a very tough slate of opponents. So it's going to continue to be very important for just like the Grizzlies are doing right now. They're consistently beating teams that they should beat. They're going to have to do that to be able to weather the storm that's going to come as the Grizzlies go through a very tough stretch to end the month of December, but also a very tough stretch to end the month of January. And you hope by that time, you hope maybe over the next 10 days or so, you get John Morant back. You get Brandon Clark back, and you're able to acclimate them to how several of the Grizzlies players are playing right now. But the Grizzlies are clearly taking care of business, but the fact that they are becomes even more important when you consider not only 
that the Grizzlies are going to have over the next two months two very tough parts of their schedule at the end of December and then at the end of January. But once the end of January comes around, you also start a two-month stretch from the end of January through the end of March where the Grizzlies are going to be playing about 65% of their games on the road. So it's not saying that the Grizzlies' schedule is going to be hard moving forward. As a matter of fact, I think that the strength of their schedule is in the bottom third of the league. You know, they're going to be able to manage it. But every single win, them being able right now, in a more than manageable part of their schedule, even without John Morant, every win that they gain right now due to how well they're playing gives them breathing room when they're eventually likely going to run into some type of skid just simply because they're going to be playing talented teams back to back to back. And so you also have the fact that not only are the Grizzlies getting the wins now, but they're building confidence. As I mentioned, those three points, two of the three of Desmond, Dillon, and Jaron, stepping up and combining for 40 to 50 points a night, plus a top five defense overall, night in and night out, plus a Grizzlies bench that continues to be productive both offensively and defensively every single night. That is the recipe for success for the Grizzlies. It builds confidence on this roster of being able to do it no matter who they're playing. They did it against LeBron James and Anthony Davis on Thursday night. They did it against Oklahoma City in setting the record for the for the biggest win in franchise history. And then they did it against the Houston Rockets, who in the previous two weeks had come into the game on Saturday night, being a top three team shooting the three and defending the three. The Grizzlies' recipe to success. Those three points. It's shown to be successful no matter who they played. And though they haven't played several of the top, you know, seven or eight teams in the NBA like they're going to play over the next six weeks, every game that the Grizzlies build up the confidence of knowing how to win basketball games on both ends of the court using from one to ten on their roster, that puts them in a better position to be able to do the same thing against the NBA's best. And if we could add John Morant back to this equation that's consistently leading to wins, that should even strengthen our position more once we get into the tough parts of these schedules. So overall, another impressive victory for the Grizzlies. Great to see Dylan putting together a couple of good performances offensively. Great to see the bench producing like it has. And kudos to the Grizzlies defense setting franchise history. A very deserved acknowledgement for this Grizzlies team with how well they played with their eight straight game of 10 or more steals. It's going to be a lot of fun to certainly continue to see this team play. But over the next week, if the Grizzlies can get two or three or more wins, it'll really put them in a good position as they go into a very tough stretch of games to end this year and then going into next year as well. Don't forget, you can find myself at Stats SEC, the show at Locked on Grizz. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Check us out here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button below. That lets us know that you enjoy the show and lets others who enjoy Grizzlies content find the show as well. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon tomorrow discussing the overall impressive impact of the Grizzlies 2020 draft class and how it's benefiting the Grizzlies now and into the future in multiple ways in previewing the game as the Grizzlies head out to Portland to face a very fun rival over the past few years in the Portland Trailblazers. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. We'll talk to you then. Have a great night.